Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name is Chris Medland, and this is Race Day at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Sergio Perez impresses as Red Bull's dominance continues, Fernando Alonso continues to be best of the rest as some big teams are left wanting, and there's utter farce after the race as the result isn't known for over three hours. So let's get into what happened on Sunday at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Okay, let's start with the dominant force in F1 right now, Red Bull. We'd hoped it would be more competitive this weekend in Jeddah compared to what we'd seen at the first race in Bahrain, but to be brutally honest, that wasn't the case in the end. Fernando Alonso passed Sergio Perez at the start of the race, and that kind of set things up to be exciting. We thought an Aston Martin in the lead, this could change things, but Sergio Perez got him back pretty quickly. Uh, It was the end of the third lap that he was through. And then a safety car that came out for Lance Stroll stopping helped Max Verstappen, who was up from 15th on the grid to 4th by that stage. Verstappen made good progress passing a lot of slower cars. He had the race pace and was right up with the front bunch. Now, once Verstappen got through into second place with half of the race still to go, it looked like he'd win, to be honest. Verstappen had been over 20 seconds behind Perez before the safety car came out, but he managed to take a free pit stop. Then the pack was bunched up. And once he cleared George Russell and Fernando Alonso, you've had a gap of about five seconds between the two Red Bull drivers. Now, at that point, the smart money is always going to be on Verstappen. But we saw a good response from Perez. He pegged that gap. At no point did it ever get any lower than four seconds. And it didn't look like Verstappen was regularly reeling him in. It was kind of ebbing and flowing as the two of the drivers traded fastest lap times, probably using their battery in different ways as well, uh, and trying to look after their tyres a little bit. Perez's response had been impressive and he was very impressive with the way he spoke afterwards because he said he's really proud of the way that Red Bull operate and the team he works with and that people underestimate what a high level the team is producing at and delivering at. It certainly is, but it wasn't a perfect race. Verstappen was complaining again about his drive shaft. Now, the drive shaft failed on Verstappen's car during qualifying, and that's why he had to start in 15th. And he said he had similar sounds and feelings that he was getting inside the car in the latter stages of the race. So there was a bit of concern there, which led to Verstappen dropping off for a while and just kind of making sure he brought the car home. But Perez also had a slight moan afterwards too, because on the final lap of the race, Verstappen set the fastest lap to take the extra point that comes with it, and that keeps Verstappen in the lead of the championship. Now, Perez had been told the pace he had to do and the lap times he was meant to do, and he was told that Verstappen had been given the same message. So afterwards, when he found out that Verstappen had gone much quicker on the final lap to take that fastest lap, he wasn't too happy and was a bit disappointed with the communication that happened. But that was a very slight thing, and the real statement of intent came from Red Bull in terms of the pace that the team showed with both cards, and it was more dominance on a different track to Bahrain, which doesn't bode well for the chasing pack right now. The feel-good story of 2023 in Formula 1 so far has been Fernando Alonso's new lease of life. I mean, it's been brilliant to see him in competitive machinery for the first time in 
the best part of a decade, it must be said. Uh, the Ferraris of the early V6 era in 2014 and 15 weren't all that competitive then. So it's been just a joy to watch Alonso fighting at the front again. And he was at the very front in this race, started on the front row and took the lead off the line, getting ahead of Perez. That looked great to see him leading, but no sooner was it exciting than it was ruined. Alonso was instantly investigated for being out of position on the grid, and he was. He was too far to the left of his grid slot, so that penalty was very quickly applied. He had a five-second time penalty given to him after just two laps, and then on lap three, Perez came past into turn one, so the fun was over at that point. After that, Alonso seemed to take the penalty fine and drive a measured race to finish third. He, he took the time penalty during the safety car period when he made his pit stop and the team wait to touch the car for five seconds before he then can change tyres and head back out. And that's the part that was the catalyst for the utter farce I mentioned earlier. The FIA's handling was atrocious, to be honest. The way that they checked and cleared the penalty said that was fine, all was applied properly and all was taken properly by Aston Martin. And then at the end of the race, with a few laps to go, George Russell was told to try and stay within five seconds of Alonso, just in case there was going to be anything coming in terms of a penalty. That seemed to be news to Aston Martin, so they told Alonso, make sure you pull away by more than five seconds to negate that just to be safe, which Alonso duly did. He clearly had the pace in hand to do so. But then, after the podium ceremony, when Alonso had celebrated and done everything that he really would have loved doing, standing on the podium at what, in a sense, is a home race for Aston Martin, with Aramco being their title sponsor, uh, he got demoted to fourth with a 10-second time penalty for Aston Martin touching the car during that pit stop while the penalty was being served. Now, there'd been no warning. It hadn't been mentioned by the FIA at the time. It turned out that the stewards were told about it on the final lap of the race to have another look uh, and then decided that actually they were going to hand out a penalty for this. Russell wasn't particularly enamoured either. He was delighted that he was getting promoted but felt that Alonso deserved it and thought it was a bit strange with the timing. Where it was different from what happened with Esteban Ocon in Bahrain is because on that occasion, Alpine started taking the front wing off his car at 4.6 seconds. So he was meant to wait for five seconds before the car was worked on. With Alonso, Aston Martin had touched the car with the jack for the whole time it was waiting for those five seconds, but hadn't engaged it. So just contact was made between the jack and the rear of the car, but it hadn't actually lifted the car or, or been used. It was nearly four hours after the race finished that we finally got the official race classification with Aston Martin correctly lobbying the FIA to show that there was precedent that other teams had been allowed to do that in the past and there was no clear agreement that touching the car meant working on the car. The stewards had thought that just by touching it that automatically meant it'd be a penalty and that all teams had agreed to this in a previous meeting but when the notes from that meeting were brought to the stewards afterwards it turned out that that wasn't the case so like I say totally fast call and a U-turn had to be done and then Alonso got reinstated in third place really is not good enough but in the end it means that Alonso does get his 100th podium in Formula 1 which is some achievement I did feel a little bit for George Russell though after all of that played out because he missed out on being on the podium and the celebrations and he learned straight after that that he'd been promoted into third place. So then he had to go and do the post-race press conference that the top three drivers have to sit in and do all of the media that comes with that. Having already done a chunk of media in the television and broadcast pen because originally he wasn't in the top three. And then he had that podium taken away from him again later on. I don't even think he ever got his hands on the trophy at any stage. 
but it shouldn't overshadow what was a good drive from Russell. Some very solid points with fourth place and the car looked a lot more competitive than Mercedes were kind of suggesting they were going to be heading to this race. Still weren't able really to take the fight to Alonso. He had them covered and certainly the Red Bulls were in a different league, but it was a stronger showing than expected. Same goes for Lewis Hamilton too, who struggled on the hard tyre, which he started the race on as he tried a different strategy, but he was good on the medium that he switched to during the safety car period and came home in fifth. And he pulled off a lovely move on Carlos Sainz to take that spot after the pit stops. So that was impressive. But speaking of Sainz, he had a lonely run to sixth place and he was just ahead of his teammate Charles Leclerc in seventh. And there was just no real race pace from Ferrari on the hard compound tire once they fitted it at the pit stops. They just didn't have the ability to threaten Mercedes ahead of them, which was quite a surprise at a track that was expected to suit Ferrari and looked like it might in qualifying at least. A lot of this weekend we thought they'd been hiding pace and that did seem true given the qualifying performance of Leclerc to qualify second before he took a grid penalty. But in the end, it turned out they were stronger on the softer compounds than on the hard and they weren't competitive on the hard and they need to sort that out moving forward. Same sort of feeling at Alpine behind the two Ferraris. It was very much two by two uh, with eighth and ninth for Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly respectively. Double points, so that's encouraging, but it looked like it had better race pace than that on Friday. And the team was aiming to be fighting with the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes and maybe even Aston Martin and should have been a bit closer to those fights ahead. All of that said, it wasn't as dramatic or as action-packed as previous races here in Jeddah and the top five teams settled into pace order roughly. Alonso wasn't joined by Lance Stroll in the end because he retired with a power unit issue. That's what triggered the safety car when all the pit stops happened. But it did also open the door for another team to get into the points because while there was a clear top five teams, only nine of the 10 drivers from that finished the race. So it was Kevin Magnussen who took advantage to get his and Haas's first points of the season, overtaking Yuki Tsunoda with two laps to go for 10th place. I did feel a bit for Yuki. He let out a bit of a strange cry on the team radio after being overtaken. He'd fought so hard to keep Magnussen behind him for a number of laps, uh, despite his car not being as quick. And uh, it does leave AlphaTauri without a point, but... AlphaTauri are still ahead of McLaren in the Constructors' Championship. A bit of a horror day for McLaren, with Oscar Piastri suffering front wing damage on the first lap, having started P8 in a really encouraging position after his great qualifying performance. It was Pierre Gasly he made contact with, very light, but it did damage his front wing and he had to pit because a broken part of the wing flew off. Worse though was that Lando Norris, the other McLaren, hit that debris and he had to pit soon after too, so that took both of them out of the running. But still, at least Piastri has his home race to look forward to next and that's when we'll be back with more episodes from the Australian Grand Prix in two weeks' time. Don't miss an update from the Formula 1 season by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. You can leave us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and you can visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. And if you want more updates from the F1 paddock, you can follow me on social media. Just check the link in the show description to do that. My name's Chris Medland and Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.